The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, formerly the Wellness Community and Gilda's Club. Uh, the wellness community recently joined forces with Gilda's Club to become the cancer support community, the uh, largest provider of cancer support in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, on today's show, which is being brought to you by um, Millennium, Morphotech, and Novartis Oncology, we're joined by two very special guests here to talk about prostate cancer, which will be diagnosed in one out of six African-American men, a, a pretty staggering statistic. Uh, but before we jump into the topic today, we're going to move to a segment we call Cancer in the News, which highlights the latest cancer headlines. I'm Bill Schaefer, and this is today's Cancer in the News. A recent study suggests that no matter how hormone replacement therapy is given, it increases the risk of ovarian cancer. Hormone replacement therapy consisting of estrogen, progesterone, or both, and used to relieve the symptoms of menopause, has been linked to breast cancer and could now be tied to an increased risk in ovarian cancer. Researchers studied more than 900,000 women who were 50 to 79 years of age from 1995 to 2005. None of them had tumors that grew in response to hormones, and none had their ovaries removed during a hysterectomy or for other reasons. During the study's follow-up period, doctors found more than 3,000 ovarian tumors. Women who were currently using hormones were almost 40% more likely to develop such tumors. The link between hormone therapy and ovarian cancer was apparent regardless of the type of hormone used or how long they were used. Researchers stated that the risk of ovarian cancer is one of several factors to take into account when assessing the risk and benefit of hormone use. In other news, men who drink heavily may be raising their risk of developing prostate cancer. The study also found the drug finasteride, which can help lower a man's risk of the disease, appears unable to undo the damage of heavy drinking. The findings come from a clinical trial of nearly 11,000 men looking at whether finasteride lowered the risk of prostate cancer over seven years. 2,219 were diagnosed with prostate cancer, and 8,791 of them remained cancer-free throughout the study. The researchers found that the men who drank heavily were twice as likely as non-drinkers to develop aggressive prostate tumors. The risk was seen in both men who received finasteride and those given a placebo. In addition, when it came to less aggressive, slower-growing prostate tumors, finasteride cut non-drinkers and moderate drinkers' risk by 43%. The drug did nothing, however, for heavier drinkers. While heavy drinking may need to be added to the short list of prostate cancer factors, additional studies need to be done to confirm the findings. 
As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to shed some light today on what African-American men need to know about their risk for prostate cancer. We're also uh, going to go over some information about screening and offer tips on healthy lifestyle habits uh, that could decrease your chances of getting cancer. Uh, I'm honored to be here today with three very special guests to talk about all of this. Uh, first, we have R&B artist Charlie Wilson, who is the former lead singer of the Gap Band and a recent Grammy nominee. Uh, Charlie is also a prostate cancer survivor uh, and a spokesperson for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Thanks for being here, Charlie. Thank you so much. Uh, next, we have uh, Dr. Stan Frencher, Jr., who is involved with the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program, which is dedicated to providing essential health resources to African-American men. Uh, Dr. Frencher oversees PEP Talk, the prostate education program designed to offer an informed dialogue among African-American men in barbershops about the controversies surrounding prostate cancer screening and treatment. Welcome, Stan. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Last but not least, we're joined by our friend Dan Zenka. Dan is the Vice President of Communications at the Prostate Cancer Foundation and has been a guest before on our show, frankly, speaking about cancer. The Prostate Cancer Foundation, or PCF, was founded in 1993 in an effort to find better treatments and a cure for prostate cancer. Since then, it has become the world's leading philanthropic organization for funding prostate cancer research. The PCF is also a partner of the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program. Welcome, Dan. Well, thank you for having all of us. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we've got a lot to cover on the show. We've got some great experts with us, so let's get started with the, with, with the conversation. Uh, Charlie, I'd like to start with you. Can you take us back to the day you received your prostate cancer diagnosis? What, what was it like for you to hear the words, you have cancer? Wow, it was like, uh, it was like the worst word I could ever hear in my life. As you know, I'm, I'm a singer and performer, and... Um, I just immediately thought that um, that that my days of performing and, and recording music was over. Mm. It was uh, after the doctor told me he had the bad news that I had prostate cancer. After I tried to pick my face up off the floor, mm. uh, my my wife immediately said, "What's the good news?" And um, he said, uh, "It's early enough that we think we can get it for you." And uh, but it was the one of the worst days of my life. I'll never forget it. Um, but I, but I'm here. <laughs> when was that? When was that, Charlie? That you were diagnosed? This was uh, 2008. 2008. So not too yep, long ago. Ju- July of 2008. July of 2008. And so prior to that time when you were diagnosed, did you have any symptoms that led you to believe that something was wrong? Was prostate cancer something you'd ever talked about with your doctor prior to prior to being diagnosed? No, I never discussed it with my doctor. Um, and now looking back at, uh, like, symptoms that I didn't know about, uh, lower back pains and um, frequent uh, visits to the restroom all times of the night. It's because I, I work out a lot. So I work out um, in the morning, of course, and uh, and in the evening I drink a lot of water. So in the evening after I get to working out, I love to get in a jacuzzi and I just sit in there for hours. But I drink a lot, a lot of water, yeah. and even at that, ni- at that time of night. So... Um, when, when I'm waking up, going to the restroom a lot, I didn't know that that was those were symptoms, and um, so uh, no, I never discussed it with my doctor or anything. But it was my wife's insistence that made me go to the doctor to get uh, the checkup, and uh, and that's when he found it. That's when I, they found it. Yeah, but luckily it was in an early stage of Absolutely. the disease. Yeah, fantastic. Good, good. Dan, um, tell us about the impact of prostate cancer 
on uh, African American men. Why why is this an important topic for us to be talking about today? Uh, it's an extremely important topic. Um, prostate cancer has um, a much larger impact on African American men. Um, as I think you know, one in six American men um, will be diagnosed with some form of prostate cancer. But African American men, for for various reasons that are not fully yet known, um, are are one point uh, six times more likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer. And it's staggering to think that they are also 2.4% more likely to die from the disease. So, you know, we are very pleased. Uh, we started our campaign, outreach campaign, to really raise awareness amongst this community, help black, uh, black men and their families, um, encourage them to get their baseline screenings, and understand you know, what their prostate is about and how they need to protect their health. And we're very pleased to have Charlie as one of our ambassadors, uh, getting the word out at all of his concerts and to the troops overseas, and to Dr. Frencher and his partner, uh, Dr. Relliford, at the uh, Black Barbershop Outreach. Uh, we believe this is just a, a, an imperative program that we need to support. So, um, Dr. Sam Frencher, let's, let's, get, let's, let's dig in on this issue a little bit more. We talked about the fact that... Um, uh, Prostate cancer has a, uh, both the incidence of the disease and death rates are higher in African American men uh, than they are in Caucasian men. Um, tell us, tell us what we're learning. How, what, what questions are we asking? What research is happening to find out why that is? Um, and are, and are you know, are there risk factors that people should be aware of? Lifestyle, genetics. Um, help us understand the science a little bit here. Right, and 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 like Dan said, uh, you know, it's we we don't necessarily understand completely why African-American men have higher rates, but, but there's a few things that we do know. One is that delays in care seem to be important. The fact that African-American men are not having the same level of access, uh, understanding about the disease, and there's a relative fear about prostate cancer related to the potential complications um, related to sexual function and, yeah. and those resulting from uh, the, the possible treatments themselves. So, so there's that. And there's a lot of good research going on to understand why African-American men aren't going to see the doctor. Um, moreover, I mean, there's, 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 there's research looking at what are potential risk factors. And you asked, are there lifestyle things that we can do? Certainly there are. Things like reducing the amount of red meat we eat, the fatty foods, increasing the amount of vegetables that are in our diet, um, fruits that are high in lycopene, um, which uh, is, a, is a chemical that helps to prevent uh, DNA damage. So things where's like that? Where's that found? Exactly, like things like tomatoes, watermelon, <laughs> uh, broccoli, and cauliflower. Mm -hmm. So, so those types of things seem to uh, help. But, um, but we're still trying to to figure out some of the the roles that genetics play. So, because we know that men who have family members who have prostate cancer uh, also have higher risk. So, if you have two family members who have prostate cancer. Um, your risk can increase to as much as 83%. And if you have three family members who have prostate cancer, it can be almost as high as 97%. So if you have a family member who has prostate cancer, then, then we really need to be very uh, vigilant and, 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 and look at those men who have family members in particular. But, Stan, is that something people are even talking about? I mean, do people, you know, are people and families talking about? Exactly, and, and they're not. And, and so many, many men often may die of prostate cancer, may die and not even know that they died of prostate cancer because they didn't tell their family members. And so that's what we're trying to do is, is start families to have that conversation, uh, to really feel comfortable talking to one another. It's a tough topic because right. it, it affects something very near and dear to men oftentimes in terms of their own you know, sexual function and their quality of life. Sure. So, 
So, um, so getting men to talk openly about it is something that we're really trying hard to do. Charlie, was this something that had been? Did you did you uh, talk about this in your family? Did you have any genetic history of the disease, or has the, having been diagnosed with this has, has the conversation with your family and friends changed in terms of how you're talking about prostate yeah, cancer? Yeah, now it has. Now it has. I lost my father in June, uh, this past June, to prostate cancer, mm. and we he never he never told me he had prostate cancer. Exactly. He never told me he had cancer until it was way too late. Uh, so our families didn't really talk about it. My, my uncles or any of those, they, they died of some type of cancer, and it's probably pro- prostate cancer. I mean, they've been dead a long time, but uh, uh, but we never talked about it. It was just like 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 the doctor says. It's, it's like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, my grandfather they wouldn't dare to talk about this subject in the house, especially around the women. So I mean, yeah. we have to start having some communications with with our family members about this disease, and I think we should just continue to do that. It's, it's very important. Uh, but no, my father, he passed, and and I, and I got a chance to tell him I love him. And I asked him why come he didn't tell me he had prostate cancer. He just smiled at me. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it, 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 it's a really you know difficult problem because I was yeah. I was literally just in the barbershop this past weekend after returning from Haiti. Uh, where I was in a surgical mission, and and we got to talking about this very topic, you know, and and you know the men sort of came up and first whispered in my ear, you know, Doc, you know, can uh, can you tell me a little bit more about prostate cancer, and you know, and and of course, you know, I'm I'm comfortable talking about it, so I started talking pretty loud about it, and yeah. and before long, you know, we were all talking about it in the barbershop, and so yeah. you know, I think you know, getting getting men to open up about this is 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 one uh, thing that we can do as well. Because I mean I you know I can tell you you know we as women we're sitting around talking about all these things you know <laughs> we don't have a problem talking about our breasts and talking about our this or that or you know check this out or you know feel this lump for me or you know women don't have any issue talking about things like right. that but I I think that uh, I think it definitely is harder for men absolutely Dan would you agree Oh yes and sometimes I you know I truly believe to really be a man sometimes you have to be more of a woman. Uh, Get in touch with your feminine side. (laughs) We need to just realize we need to say the word prostate cancer, and there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, to to look at your family members and your buddies and say, you know, have you been screened? What do you know about this? It's it's not a huge issue once you make that initial jump into the discussion. So, you know, we're we're encouraging men to man up, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, and and really take responsibility for for their health because it's. Not only for them, it's, it's for their families, their partners, and, um, you know, it's, it's an important thing to do. And, Stan, do you think, we just had a, about a minute until we go to our break, but, but, Stan, do you think it's particularly hard because, as you said, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is not, you know, cancer of the finger. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know, it's a different, it does affect sexual functioning, get you into a whole other space of, of, of privacy and of conversation that, that people don't necessarily want to put out there. Absolutely, and and that's why I really encourage men to to, to begin to develop a great relationship with a primary care physician, someone that you can trust, someone that you can go to uh, and talk about these issues and and get screened, uh, you know, after you've had that conversation with them about the risk and benefits of of screening and of treatment around prostate cancer. So, so I think that's that's really critical is is to really you know start talking, yeah. having these discussions with your doctor, and, and then have those discussions with your family and and, and your friends. Yeah, this is uh, frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today about prostate cancer. Straight talk for uh, African American men and their families. Um, uh, we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break, but uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to let our listeners know there's no no topic off the table today. We're gonna you know we're gonna have a real honest conversation. Uh, today about prostate cancer, about screening, about the impact of the disease, how we need to increase communication uh, around prostate cancer. This uh, this is a really important conversation. We have three 
wonderful guests with us today. Uh, I'm your host, Kim Tebaldo. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and we will be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. We all share similar desires, to be loved, to be happy, and to feel well. Your Inner Journey is here to support you, inspire you, and expand your knowledge of you. Tune in for new insights, meet our guests, get the inspiration you need to create the life you really want. Your Inner Journey with Penny Calcina is about her inner journey and your inner journey and the things that connect us all. Tune in every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for Your Inner Journey on 7th Wave Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, and today we're talking about the significant impact prostate cancer has on the African-American male population. We're here with R&B artist Charlie Wilson, who is also a prostate cancer survivor and a spokesperson for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. We also have Dan Zenka, who is Vice President of Communications at the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and Dr. Stan Frencher, Jr., who oversees Pep Talk, the Prostate Education Project, which is offered by the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program, and we are going to talk about that program shortly. Um, Charlie, let's go back to when you were diagnosed. I want to get into a little bit of a conversation um, about treatment. So when your doctor told you you did have prostate cancer, uh, um, what treatment options did your doctor present uh, to you? How did he present and discuss those treatment options with you? And then what treatment did you ultimately choose for yourself and, and, and why? How did you make that decision? 
Well, first of all, my doctor, Dr. Bakshande, he gave me a few options. He gave me some brochures. I was a little disturbed about the brochures because I was like, you telling me I have cancer and you give me some brochures like I'm going to go shopping. But, <laughs> but, 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 but that, that's the way it came to me. He gave me these options. I looked at these options and these brochures are different ways that I could take care of this disease. Uh, a couple of options, I just say this is out of the question. I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. But there was another procedure uh, that, that, I, that he said it was relatively new uh, because of research. This was a brand-new procedure. And uh, so he sent me to this, this, uh, another uh, specialist mm-hmm. who was a friend of his. It was Dr. Doug, and I went to him. Uh, we had a long discussion. I asked him how long had he been doing the. I asked a lot of questions, you know, because I needed to know uh, about this about this procedures, and he, he showed, I said, show me, he said, I got a video clip of one of our procedures that I did on a, on a, on a patient. I was like, can I see it? He says, yeah. He showed it to me, and, um, and I was like, wow. And I said, so what's the recovery time? He said, you in a, with a few hours, and we're going to be finished, and uh, six weeks, you'll be fine. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so that's, that's, that's the procedure I, take, I took. Uh, it was uh, therapy. It's with uh, radiation seed implanting. Mm-hmm. They they insert these seeds straight to the prostate, yeah. um, kills off cancer cells right there only. It doesn't destroy any other cells in the body, and that's the procedure that I took. And I just I just I was up and I was up uh, the, the the next day. Uh, actually, I could have went and played basketball mm. uh, uh, the, the same day. Uh, I was just a little, a little sore, but uh, I was fine. And uh, and I thank God for the for for, for technology and, and new procedures and yeah and yeah. And it hasn't had any impact on your musical talent. Absolutely has not I mean, it was like it was like it's just like they did it did nothing. It's like I was I was finished in in a few hours, and I went home, and uh, and I woke up. And I said, "Is this it?" Yeah. <laughs> the doctor said, "This is it," and uh, and we we'll check you out next year, and then and. Uh, Clean a bill, clean as health, clean a bill of health right now. Fantastic, fantastic! Yeah. It's a great story, Charlie. Yes, um, Dr. Stanley Frencher Jr. I, I, I know that uh, uh, obviously a lot of patients have the the same kind of experience uh, that that uh, that fortunately Charlie did, um, but I also know that one of the most complicated things about prostate cancer is that oftentimes you are you are as a patient confronted with a wide range. Of treatment options with and that, that have a wide range of side effects and impact on your quality of life. Um, can you walk us through some of the different types of treatments that are available for prostate cancer? Are there some that are more common than others? And um, I also like to talk about uh, kind of what's on the horizon. What are what, what clinical trials or research is happening to um, to help us do a better job of, of treating and hopefully potentially curing this disease? Right. Yeah, yeah. Put simply, I mean, when a patient is approached um, who is requiring treatment for prostate cancer, the first thing we have to do is, is to figure out whether that prostate cancer is confined to the prostate, meaning that it hasn't spread anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's the case, then you have really several options um, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about. One is um, watchful waiting. So, so there, you know, in, in certain cases for men, we actually will just watch to see if, if that prostate cancer um, changes over time. Uh, and those are often in older men who have other medical problems. Uh, and so understanding all your medical history is important yeah. in making this decision. The other is, that, is, that, is that hard, Sam, for people to, to, you know, you're telling me I have cancer, and then basically you're telling me you're not going to give me any treatment or do anything to, to get rid of my cancer? Exactly, because prostate cancer is, is, is different than other cancers in that it's, 
it could potentially be slow growing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where a lot of the research now is focused on. How do we determine the difference between those aggressive cancers that can potentially kill you or those that you will die from something else? That you know that you'll die a natural death from some other disease, mm-hmm. but with prostate cancer. So trying to determine which type of patient you are is something we're working on, but we okay. don't have a good handle on now. So okay. the other options, if you choose to go forward yeah. and you decide with your doctor that you want to treat this, uh, are surgery. Mm-hmm. So we can surgically remove it uh, by several different types of operations. Some using robots that help us in terms of um, the accuracy and sort of the uh, of the uh, of of the resection or taking out the prostate, and then others are just the traditional open surgery, each with different lengths of recovery time and side effects, usually related to both sexual function and uh, the ability for you to you know, use the bathroom um, uh, urinating. Uh, yeah. And so, and then lastly, um, we have radiation therapy, which is what uh, Charlie was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, again, there are several different options within that category of radiation therapy okay. that we can use to target the prostate itself. And then there is, you know, and so some of the new emerging procedures are things like cryotherapy, which is, a, which is where we actually freeze a portion of the prostate to cure that cancer. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, using medications, um, you know, using certain um, androgen deprivation therapy is called finasteride, which is a medication that helps to shrink the prostate over time for those who can't have surgery or radiation. And in fact, some of the new treatments we're looking at is preventative, um, using that preventatively. So you, so giving men um, that medication before they have prostate cancer uh, as a means to prevent prostate cancer. So that's some of the that's mm. some of the emerging clinical trials looking at, at right. ways to prevent prostate cancer. So, 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 Sam, what if the disease has spread? I mean, what, what, if, you know, what if you find that the disease has spread beyond um, the prostate? What, what's an outlook for a patient in that situation? Right. And so in those patients, we would, we would go to the androgen deprivation therapy. So, okay. So what we talked about at the end, the medication that we can use to help in, in shrinking that prostate. Um, in addition, we can look at uh, chemotherapies that would be available. Uh, so, so some of those patients would be eligible for, for, for chemotherapy in that, in, the, in that instance. And so, um, so I think, you know, in, the, in, in that instance, you know, we want, you want to work very closely with your doctor um, and a medical team of oncologists uh, to, to arrive at the, you know, the correct um, combination of treatments uh, to try to extend your life as long as possible. Right, right. Hey, Dan, is there enough, is there enough happening on the research front? Uh, yes, there's a tremendous amount um, in terms of new clinical trials, phase three trials that are um, in process right now that will uh, end up in new therapies. Um, we're looking at um, how we can use circulating cancer cells uh, to stay ahead of the disease to understand um, how patients are reacting to treatments. So in many fronts, there's there's a lot of progress being made, and perhaps more in prostate cancer than has been made across many other cancers in general since the early 70s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, more progress since 1993 in a much smaller timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know you're doing a lot at the Prostate Cancer Foundation to advance the research to get men and families uh, educated to put, put out the message that folks need to get screened. Um, Charlie, how did you get involved with the Prostate Cancer Foundation? What motivated you to help get this message out? Well, I teamed up with the Prostate Cancer Foundation. One is because they're one of the largest philanthropists in the world. They, they get the money. What enticed me the most, besides them just being uh, just pretty more than pretty faces, 
They, they, <laughs> thank you, Charlie. Oh, Dan, very <laughs> nice. They, they, they get, they get the, the money to research is fast. They get the money to the research fast, and that's yeah. what that's really what enticed me. And you know, I do a lot of performance, so it's, and they gave me the platform to do a lot of informing African American men. This is why I teamed up with them. They're just a great bunch. It's a great family to be with, and 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 they do make a difference in in, in the lives of people. And, and so, do you it's, talk about this when you're out there performing, Charlie? I, pardon me. Do you talk about your own prostate cancer experience and your your work with the Prostate Cancer Foundation when you're out performing? Oh, most definitely. Every single night I raise awareness to, mm. to brothers. I stop what I'm doing and uh, give God some praise, and then I talk to the brothers about this disease, and uh, then we get right on back to party. I love it. I love it. Yep. Fantastic. I, I'm going to come check that out sometime. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Dr. French or Stan, can you tell us a little bit um, about your work with the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program and Pep Talk? What um, what is the program? What impact uh, is it having on the African American male community concerning uh, concerning this important discussion around prostate cancer? Yeah, now this, this has been really exciting work for me, and and really an opportunity as as a surgeon who spends a lot of time you know in operating rooms to be able to go out into the community. So working with uh, my colleague, Dr. Rutherford, you know since. 2007, he's been screening men for uh, educating, screening, and referring men from barbershops. You know, it's, it's our country club of sorts. It's where we hang out, uh, and uh, it's where we can have open uh, discussions about just about everything. And so we took that to mean that we can potentially, you know, inject health information into, into the barbershop. And so we actually go to the barbershops. We've been in over 250 barbershops nationwide, screened 10,000 men for diabetes and high blood pressure, and started this fall uh, educating men about prostate cancer because that decision is so personal and so complex because of the, you know, the different treatment modalities that we can use, the, you know, the different, um, you know, screening techniques that are necessary in terms of getting a PSA and getting a, a rectal exam where we take a glove finger and, and check the prostate for, um, for consistency in its size. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we felt it was important to, to reach out to men in a place that they felt comfortable so we can have those discussions more in depth than we can just in a clinic office, uh, and it's been it's resonated well with all the men that we met. I mean, I I love going to the barbershop and um, and walking in, and and we just we just have a good time there. Uh, and so you know, going forward, we're going to be in 50 cities this upcoming year in 2010. Wow. So who, who's going out and doing the actual education in the barbershops? Yeah, so it's so we actually get teams of volunteers. So for instance, in November, we recruited 300 volunteers, including nurses. Uh, including um, um, fraternity brothers, uh, including medical students, uh, all uh, galvanized on one day to go into the barbershops. Um, and we were in 100 barbershops here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and we provide information and we provide videos. So we actually have uh, videos that we show uh, in the barbershop that explain uh, prostate cancer. Uh, the men are there anyway. They're mm-hmm. getting their hair cut. They're there yeah. for half an hour. So instead of Watching videos and, yeah. and sports, uh, we show them health information. Stan, I got to ask you this question, but does your hair always look good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you like the most well-groomed man in Los Angeles? You're, yeah. I mean, there are a hundred barbershops out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's uh, that's that's one of the benefits. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, I need some photos of, of uh, Dr. Stanley French here. Make sure he's keeping up with his uh, haircuts there. But uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're having a great, a uh, uh, l- little bit serious, a little bit fun. 
uh, conversation today about uh, about prostate cancer. I have three wonderful guests uh, uh, here with me today. We're really we're having some straight talk, really, for African American men and their families uh, about prostate cancer. Why it's so critical to have these conversations. Why it's critical uh, uh, to get screened uh, and to be open about this. Uh, we're, we're we're joined by R&B artist Charlie Wilson. And we're also talking to the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and we're learning a lot um, about the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Stop wasting time. Get what you want. Live your dream life. The Dream Big Revolution. Imagine having more freedom, better health, more money, happiness. Could your business be more successful? Unless you're living the life you want, you're wasting precious time. Your life is too valuable to waste. Let Leanne Hilgers help you find health, wealth, and happiness. Listen in and live your dream life. Join the Dream Big Revolution. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the 7th Wave Network. This ain't your mama's brain and health show. Tune in and get ready for entertainment and information about your mind and body that will really change your life. Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio is a sane departure from conventional thinking about diet, health, and the brain. Host Nora Gedgaudis will also combine humor and science to illuminate the mind and open your eyes to the principles of neurofeedback and diet, which can help you and your family live a better life. Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio airs live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm here with Charlie Wilson, R&B artist and a prostate cancer survivor. Uh, he is a spokesperson for the Prostate Cancer Foundation out there at all of his performances, singing and performing and talking about uh, the importance of prostate cancer uh, awareness. We also have Dan Zenka, Vice President of Communications at the Prostate Cancer Foundation and Dr. Stanley Frencher, Jr., who oversees uh, Pet Talk, the prostate education program, which is offered by the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program. Uh, we've been talking today about prostate cancer. We've talked about screening, uh, treatment, awareness, research that's being done. Um, but I want to shift gears for a minute and talk a little bit about lifestyle. Um, Dan, let me start with you. Let's, let's talk a little bit about diet 
and exercise. This is a conversation we have a lot in, 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 in the cancer uh, community, but what do we know about the impact of diet and exercise on prostate cancer and, 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 and uh, why is it important to avoid foods that are high in fat, meats that are charred? Tell, tell, tell us what, uh, what we know and what the science is telling us about lifestyle, diet, exercise. Exactly, and, and from day one since we were founded in 93, diet and nutrition has certainly been a, uh, one of our eight focus areas in research. Um, you know, obesity is on the rise in the U.S. Uh, we're perhaps the most obese nation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a fact that uh, 80% of adults do not have a balanced diet. They do not have the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables, and this is fueling the problem. Um, belly fat, if you will, is, is, is engineered in such a way that it, it can build up and then be utilized quickly, but often belly fat um, can outgrow its supply of blood, and when this happens, those fat cells start to die. And this starts create, um, it creates a situation where the body's immune system goes in to, to mop up the damage, if you will. Mm. And it creates a cascade of inflammatory and oxidative events that ultimately promote uh, prostate and other types of cancer. Um, there are other ramifications with, with uh, fat as well in terms of insulin uptake um, and IGF uh, factors can promote cancer growth as well. So, you know, maintaining a healthy weight and a balance in your diet is, is critical, both for prevention and thrivership, if you will. Um, and then, you know, how we prepare foods has a factor as well. Um, there's something called FIP, which we get in um, our charred meats uh, when we grill them at high temperatures, that, that, those nice grill marks, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, that actually puts the proverbial wrench in uh, DNA. Um, it, it affects its ability to repair itself and can create mutations that promote growth of cancer. Mm. So it's very important to change some of those um, habits we have. If you're going to grill your meat, turn it uh, often so the, um, it doesn't char as much. Use marinades, so you're mm -hmm. charring the marinade and not the meat, mm. which is key. Or try something different, you know, walk your meat. Charlie likes to say, walk it instead. <laughs> so we've published um, just recently a new nutrition exercise and um, a nutrition exercise guide for prostate cancer, which folks can go to our website and download a free copy or order a free hard copy. Um, and it's one of the most comprehensive brochures on, on the topic. So, so just tell folks the website, Dan, so they can do that. Yes, it's www.pcf, as in Prostate Cancer Foundation, dot Org. Great, terrific, and we'll uh, we'll repeat that at the uh, at the end of the show. But that's great to know that we have those educational resources out there on diet and exercise. Because yeah, I think we can say to folks, look, we all we all know we need to be healthier, live a healthier life. But I need some specific help on this. I need some some suggestions, some ideas about how I can make some of those changes in my life. Um, uh, Charlie, has your lifestyle changed since your diagnosis? Have have you made changes in your in your diet and exercise? Uh, plan since you were diagnosed with prostate cancer? Oh, most definitely. I <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I don't have that long of a speech as Dan just did, but uh, <laughs> 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 he's got a lot of words. But, <laughs> uh, but let me just quickly say this. Um, I, 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 still, I You know, I, I, don't, I don't like to go to the doctors. I don't know there's a lot of black men that are listening right now. I know you don't want to go to the doctor because you're afraid and you're ashamed of going to get an exam. 
I didn't like to go to the doctor and didn't go. But for the last, for the last 15 years, I've been going to the doctors. And, um, and w- the very first time I was diagnosed with, with high blood pressure, that's, that got me. I was trying to figure out why come out. I, I was overweight, and I thought that just, I was just overweight, and the reason why I was out of breath all the time. So I, I, after I got that, that together, uh, I started exercising. And, 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 and then after that, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So then my, my diet and my whole lifestyle changed. Yes, it did. So I, I started working out again continuously four, maybe four times, sometimes five times a week. Um, and, and so I just keep that regiment going. Every single day of the week, um, uh, four days a week. I'm sorry, and 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 then the, the the type of foods that I eat is I definitely cut out a lot of all of the red meat. And, um, and now I'm I'm gonna tell you, you know, sometimes we do cheat. You know, how you, we cheat a little bit. You know, you want to get happen, but I, I I don't I don't suggest that you eat it. I just I love I loved what I'm eating now. It's just a lot of fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And uh, we just keep it like that. And, and my life has changed. I feel a lot better, and I'm a lot lighter, and I can run around. I can play basketball, and I can run up a hill, and and and, I'm, and I feel great, like I'm like a teenager. <laughs> and that's, what's your and what's I your exercise, that, what's your exercise same, routine? I, I take that same energy to the stage, and that's people yeah. always say, "Where is he getting all this energy mm. from?" It's because I I change my diet and my lifestyle and and, and mm. the way I live, and and I exercise and I eat fruits and vegetables uh, and a lot of it, and and it, it works for me. What's your exercise routine, Charlie? What do you like to do? Uh, first, I'm on a treadmill mm-hmm. for for 45 minutes to an hour, and mm-hmm. and most of that's incline walking. And 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 I used to run a lot, but now I do a lot of walking. It's mostly incline, so I can get that, and then half the half the way, and then the rest of the way I jog it out. Mm. Then I get on the uh, the ab lounge, and then I, I crunch it out uh, from that to the floor, crunching and and to the ball, and do crunches that way. And then I lift weights, and then I lift weights for the rest of the uh, the hour, and uh, and I'm through. Top yeah. front, front, first day I do uh, chest and arms, and the second day I do back and legs. And I mm-hmm. that regiment does, I does that do that every four times a week. It's great, fantastic. And do you think that the, your changes in your lifestyle have had an effect on on your on your family and your friends? And do other people see the changes you've made? And are they kind of following your example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my family members, they was like every time they see me, they's like. So okay, what's what's in the water today? I was like, <laughs> nothing in the water. <laughs> so it's like, so they, they, when they understand that my 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 exercise regimen, uh, everybody is uh, following suit. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's following suit. Uh, my brothers, my sisters, everybody's uh, losing weight and having a great time at doing it. They're like, wow, you've been doing this for fifteen years. No wonder you look so good all the time. <laughs> so so I, we're just passing it on down the line. Everybody's having a great time living. Love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stan, what, what role do you think medical providers should play in, in, in ending this disparity in both care and information concerning prostate cancer in the African-American male, male population? What, what's the responsibility of the medical providers here? Yeah, I think, I think the first thing is that we have to leave our clinics and we have to go out into our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up the son of a, a physician in Detroit uh, who uh, still does house calls. And, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for, for going out and getting to know your patients, getting yeah. to know their families, um, and, and starting those discussions because you know your patient's brother, your patient's uncle, your patient's yeah. father. And so uh, I think that's one thing is that yeah. we have to, to, to take on our responsibility as leaders in our communities um, in order to help with not just this disparity but all the other disparities that, that African-American men suffer from. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is, I mean, we have to be open in our conversations with our patients. We have to be 
um, available to them to be able to talk about these sensitive issues uh, and, and have a cultural sensitivity to, to the men who come and see us. Uh, you know, we need to get to know our patients uh, in an intimate way so that they feel comfortable raising the question. I'm sure Charlie, you know, with his doctor, you know, it, it really is that relationship that, um, that helped uh, to help him make those decisions for, for himself. But, but you have to have that good relationship with your doctor first. Right, right. And, and I think it's interesting, Charlie, what you said about the fact that it was originally that high blood pressure that was a little bit of a wake-up call for you yeah. about making some, some uh, lifestyle changes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've only got a minute or two until the break, and I know I'm, I know I'm going a little off topic here uh, uh, for a minute. But, Stan, you mentioned that you just got back from Haiti, and I think that, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I think our listeners would, would certainly be interested in hearing just for a minute or two firsthand what, 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 what role you played down there and, and what you saw. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was a life-changing experience. I went down with a colleague of mine, Dr. Rutherford, who we spoke about earlier, um, and we essentially boarded a commercial airliner, uh, got a, uh, an organization, uh, Operation USA, to donate $30,000 worth of supplies, mm-hmm. uh, and then made our way from Santo Domingo to Yamani, which is on the border between the uh, Dominican Republic and Haiti, and then over into a Christian Haiti, uh, Haitian mission, yeah. uh, where we were seeing 300 patients a day, uh, some of whom had injuries resulting from the earthquake, fractures, open yeah. wounds, amputations, and then others who just had chronic medical, chronic medical problems, including some prostate problems, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men who just didn't have a doctor because the hospitals had been destroyed. So, you know, it was, but what I did see that was remarkable was a resilient people. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, these folks were singing at 3 a.m. their prayers, um, you know, keeping me up, even though I wasn't sleeping much anyway, yeah. uh, was there for four days and, you know, operating constantly, yeah. trying to help uh, families in need. And I believe, you know, I could just implore your audience, you know, for those who, who wish to donate and who wish to help, yeah. uh, there, will be, there will be a need for help months and years ahead. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Stan, I appreciate you, you sh- taking a minute to uh, share that. And, um, uh, you know, I know we, uh, we, we applaud your, uh, your effort and your time and commitment for being down there. And I just think it, uh, it's important for folks to hear from, from, from people firsthand who've been down there what the need is and, and really to emphasize your point that, uh, you know, this is not a flash in the pan, that, that uh, we've got to continue to focus on this and uh, be committed to help with longer-term solutions. Um, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, your host. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. For those just joining us, we're winding down today's show about prostate cancer and its high incidence in African-American men. I'm here today with Charlie Wilson, R&B artist, prostate cancer survivor, and spokesperson for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Dan Zanka, Vice President of Communications at PCF, and Dr. Stanley Frencher, who oversees Pep Talk, the Prostate Education Project, which is offered by the Black Barbership Health Outreach Program. Um, as we wind down the show, gentlemen, I'd love to, um, love, love to just give some closing uh, advice uh, to our listeners from, from all of you. I'm going to start with you, uh, uh, Charlie. What, what, are, what, what advice would you have for, for, uh, for men who are thinking about prostate cancer, maybe even haven't been screened, uh, and also for men who've just been diagnosed with prostate cancer, what advice would you, would you give to them? What tips, what, what, what actions would you encourage them to take today? Well, first of all, I would say uh, never give up on, on, on hope and life. And uh, uh, there, there are, this, this is why I donate my time and I raise money for research because research is not a futuristic. Research is today, tomorrow, next month, last week, last, last month, you know, every day there's a new way to treat prostate cancer, yeah. and this is why I got on board. And, and so never give up. Uh, there's there's uh, procedures and there's treatments to fit your needs, and uh, and this is why I like to donate to uh, uh, to the researchers because it's 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 what's keeping us alive. And I'm I'm a, I'm a living witness. Yeah. So if a person who's got prostate cancer and you know, say, well, what what are you telling me? I say I'm a living witness. I was just diagnosed one year ago, and I'm cancer free. So. Yeah. Go get yourself checked out uh, and never give up on life because life is a beautiful thing to live. Do you find, Charlie, since you've had cancer, that you approach life differently, that you approach each day differently? I sure do because uh, I, I appreciate living mm. and, and life itself. Scripture says, Bob says, he says, I give you life and that more abundantly. So I'm, I'm thanking God for life because I know that there are some other things that he's going to give me after this life. <laughs> so I'm appreciating the life that he's given me now because it was a gift. And I wake up every day appreciating uh, just this day because I'm not, whether we have cancer or not, we're not even promised tomorrow. That's right. But I'm going to live today like it's my, it's like it's my last. I'm, I'm living it, I'm having a good time in it, and I'm going to be exceedingly glad. Well, Charlie, I mean, I think we're all so grateful that you've been so open about this experience and really out there, you, you know, using your talent, using the incredible reach you have and, 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 and did that opportunity to really talk about your own personal experience and really motivate people to get screened, to get checked, to, to, uh, to be empowered, to be educated about this disease and not to put their head in the sand. So, Absolutely. you know, I thank you. I know we all thank you um, for using your talent and your, your public role to get the word out on this. Thank you so much. Dan, um, again, as we're wrapping up, uh, you're doing so much there at the Prostate Cancer Foundation to get people educated, to get people empowered around this disease. Um, give, me, give me a couple tips for our listeners. Again, for somebody who's just even thinking about this for the first time or somebody who's just been diagnosed with the disease, what advice would you give them? Right. Um, you know, I, I would say, first of all, if, if you have to face a diagnosis of prostate cancer, there's never been a more promising time to be in that position 
um, in terms of new therapies, new treatments, um, but you can't benefit from them unless you get screened and know what you're dealing with. So, um, you know, as I said, the annual screening is nothing compared to what we ask our women to undergo with their OBGYN exams annually. Um, You know, step up, be screened, make it something to talk about it, and just incorporate awareness and and health uh, for your prostate and into your um, lifestyle. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Um, Dr. Stanley Frencher, Jr., again, for our listeners, what advice would you give them uh, if, uh, if they're thinking about this, if they're unsure, you know, about getting the screening and what that might lead to, if they've just been diagnosed with the disease? Um, what advice would you give our listeners today? Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty simple. Um, get educated. Um, go see your doctor. And if you don't have one, you need to get a primary care physician. And you need to discuss prostate cancer with your doctor. I mean, it's fairly straightforward. And, and, and in terms of, I think, you know, the key is is that, you know, you get informed. And if that's in the barbershop, then great. I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, <laughs> but if not, you know, there's plenty of resources through the Prostate Cancer Foundation, through other websites to get educated. And then you need to go and see your physician and, and have this, this discussion with them in order to get screened and, and so that you know what you're dealing with. And is that where the screening is going to happen? It's going to happen with your, with your family doctor, with your primary care doctor? Exactly, exactly. That's where the initial screening is going to occur, and that's where you can have some of the other medical problems that you undoubtedly need to deal with, you know, your hypertension, I mean, your high blood pressure and, and, and other things that uh, may be affected, uh, affecting you. So I think it's important that you get into your primary care physician where you can have this discussion and where you can get screened. And and how important is it to get that to get that family history scan? How is important? How important is it to have that family dialogue? It's critical. So so even bringing your family members, oftentimes uh, wives are the ones bringing their husbands in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but having that discussion with your family, um, you know, so that everyone in your family knows whether or not someone's had prostate cancer is critical because it's gonna it's gonna let you know if you're at risk. Right. I mean, I think you talked about that genetic link, and Charlie certainly talked about a very. You know, very very compelling story about his father was dying from prostate cancer and Charlie didn't even know he had prostate cancer. Exactly. Just about all of us can probably name someone in our family who's had it, particularly if you're an African-American man. And yeah. So, and so yeah. it's important for us all to, to really work together, to come together as, as men uh, and make sure that, that none of us die unnecessarily from this disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Kim, there's one final note. Yeah, Dan, uh, please. Uh, the, the survival rate for prostate cancer with early detection and treatment is more than 95%. Oh, great, can't great point. can't get yourself on that side of the equation until you get screened and know exactly. where you stand. Yeah, so, so you know, it's, so, so people think, gosh, I don't want to go. It's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it. I don't. But that's so important, Dan, that if it's caught early, you have a 95% survival rate if, it is, if it's caught early. So, um so you're better off getting in there, you know, and getting it done uh, than finding out that your disease has spread, um, you know, which is going not going not gonna to lead to the, that kind of outcome. So, I, you know, I want to thank all of you for, for the great information and advice um, on the show today and, Charlie, for you sharing your own personal story. Uh, I think it's been just a fantastic show um, today. Uh, I, if you would like more information about the Prostate Cancer Foundation, visit their website at www.pcf.org or call 1-800-757-CURE. That's 1-800-757-2873. If you'd uh, like to learn more about the Charlie Wilson Creativity Award, 
visit www.pcf.org slash Charlie Wilson. To find out more about the Black Barbershop Health Outreach Program, or PEP Talk, uh, please visit www.blackbarbershop.org. Uh, of course, we are the cancer support community. If you would like information about our organization, we've got free uh, educational and support services uh, available for people not only with prostate cancer but people with all cancers uh, at 50 centers across the United States. Um, and uh, we also have a very vibrant community online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org where we have education, online support groups, social networking. You can also call us at 888-793-9355. Also, follow Frankly Speaking About Cancer on Twitter. Uh, get the latest uh, in cancer in the news. You can also provide us with feedback and let us know what show topics you'd like for us to cover uh, in future episodes. We love to hear from you and many of our uh, many of our topics that we've been talking about over the past few weeks uh, have really been as a result of you guys tweeting and telling us what you want to hear about. And so um, we appreciate your feedback and we appreciate hearing from all of you. Um, I want to dedicate the show today to all people uh, who have been affected by, um, by prostate cancer. We also know that prostate cancer doesn't affect, just affect the patient, but it does affect the whole family. Uh, and so we want to encourage people to get educated, to get empowered, to get connected. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.